Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, visit them at a ham fest near you or call 920-435-2973 or online at pl-259.com. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 97. The World Radio Sport Team Championships with Doug K1DG recorded live on Thursday, January 11th, 2018. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, Doug Grant, K1DG, joins us to talk about all things WRTC, and we'll take your calls live in a few minutes. Uh, last week on the show, Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, was here to talk about new kits. We also talked about kit enclosures. So if you missed that, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com. You can also listen to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, or SoundCloud. We're also over on YouTube, so make sure you check that out. Well, get your questions ready to go about uh, the World Radio Sport Team Championships. Um, after we talk to Doug for a while, you can give us a call, and I'll go ahead and give you the number. It's not time to call just yet, but uh, I'll give you the number. It's 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4264. Four two six one. That's the number you can call. You can also Skype us. We're just Ham Talk Live on Skype, and you can also tweet us. Of course, our Twitter handle is at Ham Talk Live. And if you're listening live on Spreaker and you're uh, signed in, you can uh, type comments there as well, and we'll get those in the uh, in the chat. So I'll be back with Doug right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's Dime Store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a Ham Fest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and end connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and ham sticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, 
Workman, and Hampro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. At Ham Talk Live, we have a million-dollar request guarantee. You give us a million dollars, and we'll do a show about whatever ham topic you request. Guaranteed. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight. As always, they help bring you Ham Talk Live every Thursday night. This weekend, on Saturday, they'll be at the University of Central Florida Ham Fest in Orlando, Florida. And then next weekend, they'll be doing double duty. Friday and Saturday, the 19th and 20th, they'll be in Fort Myers, Florida. And on the 21st, on Sunday, they'll be in Wheaton, Illinois. Uh, So if you're at one of those shows, be sure to visit them, or you can give them a call at 920-435-2973, or visit their website at pl-259.com. Tell them you heard it on Ham Talk Live. Doug Grant, K1DG, is our guest tonight. He received his first ham radio license in 1967 at the age of 13. He earned his bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from Lowell Technological Institute, which is now UMass Lowell, and um, he has more than 30 years' experience in the semiconductor industry, uh, mostly at analog devices where he worked in engineering, marketing, and product line management for analog, mixed-signal, RF, and wireless products. Doug is an avid contester and an instructor at Contest University. He's won numerous contests and won the first WRTC back in 1990. Um, He's been the Dayton Hamvention Contest Forum moderator since 1994. And he was the chairman of the last WRTC, which was in Boston in 2014. Doug is now an independent consultant specializing in semiconductor and wireless technologies, and he's nice enough to join us tonight to talk WRTC. So, Doug, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Neil. Good to be here. Well, tell our listeners about what WRTC is, in case they don't know, and and give us a little background of how it got started. Sure. Well, WRTC stands for the World Radio Sport Team Championship, so let's take that apart. Uh, Radio sport, of course, is contesting, and contesting has been with us for a very long time in ham radio. In fact, I once heard a guy from the FCC say that the first radio contest took place when the third guy got on the air and the other two wanted to see who could reach him first. (laughs) So, So we've had contesting around for a long time, and most hams play in, in some contests. Most people uh, have had some experience with field day. And you can see there what's kind of going on. Clubs typically try to put up a bigger antenna than their rival club, uh, get access to a higher location with a clear shot in all directions because they know that those might give them an advantage and improve their score. But that points out the, the fundamental inequality in radio contests. A station with a big antenna on a big hilltop will generally have an advantage over a guy with small antennas down in a valley. 
So there are ways of, of sort of tilting the playing field in your favor. Some operators, of course, even go as far as traveling to rare countries and areas with good propagation to make higher scores. Well, back in the old Soviet Union in the 80s, uh, they developed a series of regional and then national competitions where all the competitors had identical antennas. They're in the same geographic area. And now the only variable left um, was operator skill. And that, they wanted to demonstrate who or find out who the best operators were. So a group in Seattle, uh, including K7SS, K7LXC, N0AX, and some other guys, brought that concept to, um, uh, took, a, uh, took that concept to the U.S. in 1990, and the WRTC was born. The format is two operator teams, all using the same amount of power, similar antennas, and in the same geographic location. It's now evolved to where it's overseen by a sanctioning committee uh, consisting of the organizers of the past events, and they select the next host country, and they provide guidance on the team selection process and rules and so forth. And the goal is to hold WRTC every four years, uh, making it uh, more or less the Olympics of ham radio. Uh, there's where the championship part comes in. So we've had WRTCs after Seattle. The next one was in San Francisco in 1996. Uh, the next one was in Slovenia in uh, 2000. Then Finland in 2002, Brazil in 2006, Russia in 2010, and in the Boston area in 2014. Uh, the contest takes place concurrently with the IARU HEF championship event, which takes place the second full weekend in July every year. All right. Well, this year it is going to be in Germany. So fill us in on what's going on over in Germany to uh, prepare for this and, and what to expect this summer. Well, the, the, uh, the German organizers uh, made a very strong case uh, to uh, hold the event there for uh, 2018. And uh, uh, so they were awarded the hosting rights. And we're expecting the event to run with classic German precision. Um, actually, the organizers have really been hard at work for the last three and a half years getting things ready. Um, they did a few things differently. They've increased the number of teams to 63 uh, that's up from the 59 we had in Boston, and that'll be the largest field ever. <clears throat> so 49 of the, of the teams were selected based on having the highest scores in qualifying events over the previous two years. Uh, the defending champions were automatically invited. That makes 50. There are three youth teams where both operators have to be under 25 years of age. There are five wild card teams selected by the organizers. And then there are five sponsored teams uh, and those are groups, uh, operators who provided some major donations to the event, uh, as well as being very highly qualified operators themselves. The, uh, the organizers will provide each team with the exact same station. Uh, it'll be a spider beam on a 12-meter pole, uh, wire antennas for 40 and 80 meters, a tent, a generator, some tables and chairs, and that's pretty much it. The operators have to bring their own radios, their logging computers, uh, antenna switches, filters, uh, anything else they need to operate the contest, keyers, headphones, microphones, and so forth. Uh, the equipment provided by the organizers is entirely funded by donations, um, and they get some advertising and some sponsorships from some of the major manufacturers and distributors. Uh, they're not done with their fundraising, by the way, so and they're still looking for donations, so if anyone wants to help them out, 
you can check out their website at uh, wrtc2018.de uh, for Deutschland. Now, the area in Germany where the stations will be set up is about halfway between Berlin and Leipzig. It's a very flat area, so no team will have an advantage or disadvantage due to local terrain. So nobody will be up on a hill and nobody will be down in the valley with a hill in front of them. So they'll, uh, uh, they'll all have a pretty flat ground around them. And each team will have a referee sitting in the tent um, watching them and listening to both stations to make sure they follow the rules and uh, play the game fairly. Uh, getting selected as a referee was another uh, interesting process. They had, uh, I think, a couple of hundred applications for referee positions and uh, selected uh, enough to fill all the stations uh, from all, all around the world. So that's what the competition's about. Um, in addition to the actual competition, over the years, the social side of uh, WRTC has evolved really into a significant part of the event. Uh, the organizers usually provide some sightseeing tours of their area and lots of free time for the operators to get to know each other, uh, which comes about usually after many years of talking on the radio. Uh, every WRTC I've attended, I've met someone new and uh, um, got a chance to see who was on the other end of the microphone or the other end, the other key um, uh, of guys I've talked to for years and years and years. In 2014 in Boston, we actually organized an additional thing uh, we organized a thing called the Ham Widows Ball, which was partially funded by the ASME Foundation, and that gave the competitors and the referees' spouses and significant others a chance to meet, and they got to share stories about the crazy hams in their lives. They didn't let any <laughs> of the competitors or referees in the room. Um, I've only heard rumors of some of the stories they talked about, but uh, it was a big hit, and I think there'll be a comparable event in Germany this year. So... Uh... No, um, <clears throat> no trash talking. Oh, there's a lot of that. You know, the uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know late nights in the uh, in the bar enjoying a cocktail and uh, uh, so forth. Uh, there's a lot of trash talk. Uh, the rides on buses to go to the sightseeing venues and so forth is another opportunity for people to uh, uh, make it clear that they're going to win and everyone else is going to be behind them. <laughs> Well, this is the, the, the big-time competition, and uh, one of the things that I've been saying over and over again the last couple of days since I've been doing some news stories on this is uh, it's the best of the best, and uh, you, you've got uh, some of the finest contesters in the world uh, participating in this thing, and one of the quotes that I loved from uh, Bryant, uh, KBG5HVO, and talking to him, uh, he was uh, picked for... Uh, one of the youth teams, was if you look in the dictionary under the word underdog, his picture is right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe that for a minute. Some of these young guys uh, are so enthusiastic, uh, they, uh, they're they just going to come out of the gate at full blast, and uh, they might show some of, the, uh, some of the more experienced teams a thing or two. Well, I was trying to encourage them and tell them, you know, hey, you guys are going to have some advantages over this, but uh, over the old guys like us. But uh, yeah, they they weren't uh, they weren't buying it too much, but they were enthused nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, tell us about some of these teams that are that are competing. I know we can't uh, talk about all sixty three here, but 
But talk about a few of the teams that you know uh, um, and are familiar with that uh, will be competing and maybe some of the uh, expected front runners. Is there like seeding? Well, there's no formal seeding to it. There's uh, there's a lot of informal uh, handicapping and rumors and stories swapped around the bar. Um, In uh, 2014, uh, the big question was who was going to be second and third because everyone figured that N6MJ and KL9A were probably going to run away with it, which which they did. Um, But you never know what's going to happen. Uh, I think the teams that finally did play second and third were a little bit of a surprise. Uh, uh, The uh, uh, the odds makers, I think, had some of the other teams placed higher, but... um, There'll be uh, 63 teams, as we said, representing uh, uh, or with people from 35 different countries. Uh, And it's an interesting mix of people ranging from uh, Bryant, uh, KG5 HBO at 14. I think the oldest one will be like 71 or 72. Uh, And, of course, everything in between. Um, Like most hams, you would expect a lot of them to be engineers or working in a technical profession of some kind or or uh, having progressed in their careers up to a management position, but not all of them. For example, um, those uh, the guys who won in Boston, uh, N6MJ and KL9A, uh, MJ is a pharmacy auditor, KL9A is a grocery store manager, so it's not like everyone is a hardcore engineer and um, that's uh, and they're going to use those technical skills uh, to win. It's uh, it's really an interesting cross-section of, uh, of society. Um, other guys that I think will probably do well, uh, you can't count them out. The silver medalists um, from 2014, uh, a team from Slovakia, OM3GI and OM3BH, uh, they've qualified again, so they'll be there. Um, they may have an advantage knowing the propagation from Central Europe better than the Americans do. Uh, the bronze medalists from 2014, DJ5MW and DL1IAO, will also be there. Uh, the gold medalist from Russia in 2010, RW1A and RA1A, they will be there again. Uh, there's one sort of a quiet guy who uh, has a very good chance. Uh, VE3EJ from Canada will be competing again. Um, uh, he's kind of a, a quiet guy, doesn't uh, go out front too much, but he won the gold medal in Brazil in 2006 and came in fifth in 2014. So he's one we'll all have to be watching. Um, the competing teams will include three YLs. Uh, two of them, DLA-DYL and DL1QQ, were teammates in Boston. Um, and it was funny, I got a, uh, uh, we, we had a live scoreboard running, and my wife called me during the competition uh, from one of the tours that she was on and said, hey, what, what's the call sign of the German girls team? I want to watch their score, and everybody here wants to know how they're doing. And uh, <clears throat> so they, uh, they actually did very well. They came in the uh, Uh, 21st out of the 59 teams, but they're not on the same team this year. They're on two different teams, so it'll be interesting to see how they do. Um, The third YL is actually uh, the daughter of ZL3IO. Um, She's a 16-year-old with the call sign ZL4YL. She's also a fine operator. She just, in fact, I just shipped her a plaque for the WPXCW contest last year. Uh, She had the highest score in the rookie category and one of the highest scores. um, on the band that she operated, uh, so she's a pretty good operator. Um, there's another uh, another father bringing uh, an offspring, VY2ZM, is bringing his son, KK6ZM, to operate with him. Uh, PY1NX and PY2SEX from Brazil uh, started in ham radio together 20 years ago. 
Um, my operating partner, N2NT, and I have operated together off and on for about 40 years, and we'll be back there in, uh, uh, we'll be in Germany in July, uh, trying to see what we can do. We, uh, we won the bronze medal in Brazil, so we're hoping we can uh, get up on the medal stand in, uh, in Germany as well. So it's a mix of, uh, of veterans, uh, some new people who have not been to WRTC before, um, a lot of people that I've met, and it'll be good to see them again, and a lot of people that I haven't met in person. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to July. Sounds like an excellent time, and um, I'm just wondering, do they have do they have betting lines on that in Vegas? Can you? Can you <laughs> well, I, I don't. They know. say I you think... can bet on anything in Vegas, right? So, well, that might be. There was someone who wanted to organize something uh, in the Boston uh, WRTC, and I told them we really didn't want to hear about it. So I, I don't know anything about. It. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, sounds like a a really neat time, and. Uh, You've got, uh, again, some of the finest operators in the world competing uh, on a level playing field, and, and so it should be interesting. Now, for for those who aren't big into contesting, or maybe the casual contester, we'll say, um, can, they, can they start looking for teams to work? Oh, absolutely, and... I think the uh, the Germans will probably do this uh, something similar to what we did in uh, Boston. We uh, we had awards available for uh, stations that contacted all the WRTC competing stations. Uh, they were all clearly identifiable. We uh, we locked up the one by one call signs for that event when we had it here. So W1A through Z, K1A through Z, and N1A through Z, with a few dropped out for. Uh, uh, since we didn't need all uh, all of the uh, possible combinations, uh, we were able to uh, get rid of some of the, the more troublesome letters, the longer ones on CW and the easily confused ones. But we had special call signs, and that made it easy to find the WRTC competitors. And we gave out awards for anybody who contacted all of them, a uh, special prize for the first station to contact all of them. Um, since you can work the same, same station on multiple bands, we gave out an award for the most contacts with the competing stations. So I'm sure that uh, they'll have something like that organized in, uh, uh, in, in this WRTC. So, yeah, you know, if, if you can't make it there in person, the next best thing is to get on the air and work all these guys um, and girls. They, uh, they need the contacts, and uh, uh, they, they'll be going real fast, and uh, they'll get your call sign on the first time through. You won't have to repeat it, and uh, uh, they'll be zipping right along. All right, uh, some good information there about WRC WRTC uh, 2018 coming up in July. Well, we're going to come if I can talk. We're going to come back with Doug and uh, take your calls and your tweets and comments and and questions about WRTC uh, right after this word from the National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting right here on Ham Talk Live. The National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting, located in Westchester, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, is only two minutes off I-75. The museum is the former home of the Voice of America Bethany Relay Station. Tours are now available every Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. You can see the control room, a 200,000-watt transmitter, 
and the most comprehensive collection of inventions by the iconic Powell Crosley Jr. Also on display is a huge antique radio exhibit and R.L. Drake's personal collection of most every Drake amateur rig ever made. This is a unique opportunity to see amateur radio in action and have a chance to get on the air from WC8VOA. Admission is only $5 a person. The museum is located close to historic WLWAM and tons of shopping and restaurants. Take a trip to the VOA Museum or visit us online at voamuseum.org. CQ, CQ, CQ. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. HamTalk Live's on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at HamTalkLive.com. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for even more conversation and uh, information about the topics that we discuss here on the show. And it's time now for your calls. So if you have a question or comment for Doug, give us a call. That phone number, again, is 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261. You can also Skype us. We're on Skype at HamTalk Live, or you can tweet us at HamTalk Live as well. And uh, we'll be happy to hear from you, and uh, you can talk to Doug, K1DG, about the World Radio Sport Team Championships and um, the 2018 competition will be coming up in mid-July. So uh, let's check the tweets here, and looks like we don't have anything just yet. So give us a call at uh, 812-NET-HAM-1 or give us a tweet, and um, we'll take your questions. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, here with, with Doug, um, we had Jim George um, on the author of uh, Contact Sport. Um, It's been um, a little over a year ago now, I guess, Um, which was a book that he wrote um, based on a lot of the the drama of uh, WRTC 2014. And you were involved in in helping uh, get that all put together. So tell us a little bit about how the book Contact Sport uh, figured into the competition. Well, I had uh, some plans of trying to use the WRTC as uh, a way of getting some more uh, publicity into the general public and the general population about ham radio, uh, and specifically about contesting. The uh, the last uh, coverage that I've that I'm aware of in uh, sort of mass media about uh, contesting was uh, from a 1958 article in Sports Illustrated um, called The Battle of the Hams. And I was hoping we could get some uh, broad market coverage. And while I was thinking about that, it was brought to my attention that there's a parallel hobby to ham radio 
that most people don't understand and haven't heard of called competitive birding. Don't call it bird watching. The birders are very sensitive to that, but birding. And the birders have a competition just like ours. They have their WRTC. It's called a big year. Instead of being a 24-hour contest, it's a year long. And the object of the game is to see as many different species of birds as you can within the limits of North America. Now, that sounds as arcane a hobby as, uh, as uh, radio contesting, but a guy wrote a book about it, and it became a bestseller and was made into a movie. So I figured maybe I could get that guy interested in ham radio contesting. So I sent him an email and said, I have your next book. Call me. And uh, we got to chatting on the phone for a while, and he had never heard of ham radio at all, much less contesting. And he was intrigued. And over the course of the next couple of years, I got him interested in writing the book. And I figured this will be great. You know, he had a connection with a big publisher. Um, it was going to be wonderful. So um, about a month before WRTC, he, con he called me up and said, you know, I I'm sorry, I'm going to have to drop out. I can't do your book. And the reason was that he uh, had been a reporter for the Denver Post out in uh, Colorado, um, and he covered all of the legislative stuff that went on to the um, legalization of marijuana in Colorado. And his publisher decided that would be a better book to write than a book about ham radio contesting. So they killed the book, and uh, he had to drop out. So that left me looking for someone to write the book. Now, uh, I've known Jim George for a very long time, and he wrote a book called Reunion, um, which touched a lot on um, his growing up in high school years, uh, getting into ham radio and, uh, and his life. And uh, so I called him up and said, Jim, I know it's short notice, but how would you like to write the WRTC book? And uh, he said, when do you need me there? And uh, can you make sure I have full access to the teams? And I agreed to that immediately. And he showed up and uh, he rode around. Uh, he went with the German team that eventually got the bronze medal, uh, got lost driving in the woods of uh, southeastern Massachusetts with them, um, got lost driving back to the hotel. Um, but he had a pretty good time uh, as an observer and uh, wrote, uh, I thought, a pretty good book of the, of the whole event. Um, I think he did capture most of the flavor of what what uh, what went on, um, and uh, I was very happy with the result. Uh, uh, he he did get it on Amazon and in Barnes and Noble. I don't know how many copies he sold, but uh, um, I'm certainly satisfied with the outcome that there was a book about it. We got some additional uh, press coverage here and there. Uh, we got coverage in the Wall Street Journal, which was pretty cool. Um, we got uh, coverage on a uh, uh, a an NPR uh, weekly radio show called Only a Game, where they made us their feature article uh, talking about the game of ham radio contesting. Uh, that's still archived. If uh, anybody listening hasn't heard that, you should go and find it. It's uh, it's terrific. Um, and uh, and buy the book too. The book was uh, the book was quite good. Yep, and I know Jim's been working on the audio version of his book, Contact Sport, and. Uh, Believe has that finished up now, and uh, not sure if it's quite available yet or, or just about available, but uh, should be uh, very soon if not already. And um, so you can get the audio version as well with him uh, reading it. I have to take credit, by the way, for the uh, for the title of the book. Um, 
Well, we, we kicked around a lot of ideas. I thought contact sport was a clever play on both the fact that it's a sport and it's about making contacts. Uh, we don't really bump into each other or hit each other very much. It's not that kind of contact sport. We uh, hope. My, well, we hope. <laughs> um, my, uh, my, my other choice was uh, uh, Dancing with the Sky, which I thought was uh, also pretty cool and uh, sort of romantic, but he didn't like it very much. So he went with contact sport, and I think it, I think it worked fine. Yeah, I, I think it did too. Well, that's a, that's a cool story, and uh, and there was some some drama there, and and so that uh, that made for a, a good book. And uh, I appreciate uh, Jim coming on and talking to us uh, about it uh, on the show before, and still get some updates from him as to. Uh, what's going on well if you have a question you'd like to ask about wrtc give us a call at 812-638-4261 that spells net ham one or uh, you can tweet us or um, give us a call on skype it's ham talk live on skype uh, we have about uh seven or eight minutes here left with Doug. So give us a call at 812-638-4261 and uh, you can get your questions hopefully answered um, from uh, from one of the experts of WRTC, Doug Grant, K1DG. Well, why don't, we've talked a little bit about the youth teams. We've talked about Bryant a little bit. Uh, but uh, Mateus was uh, the, the number one seed, more or less, uh, for the youth teams. And uh, then you've got some uh, – um, and he's in um, Chile. And um, then you've got some over in Europe that are going to be competing. So tell us a little bit about the youth teams. Well, I think that's been an important part of WRTC for a while. Uh, back to, I guess, the the uh, event in Brazil in 2006. I think that was where the first youth teams were brought in uh, as an attempt to kind of diversify the uh, competitor base from just a bunch of uh, um, middle-aged uh, guys, middle-aged engineers and managers that was sort of the perception um, and I think it's been uh, beneficial. Uh, some of these guys have, uh, who've been on previous youth teams have uh, made friendships by selecting uh, a teammate from another country that they didn't know very well and uh, um, kind of put a station together quickly uh, at, uh, at the event and uh, get going. It's good to see these young guys coming into the sport and getting passionate about it. Um, uh, all the guys who... Comp- who uh, were selected for the youth teams this time had very good qualifying numbers as well. So um, these are just not uh, selected for the fact that they're kids. They had uh, they had darn good scores uh, to get in as well. So I'm looking forward to meeting all these guys and uh, uh, seeing them operate. And hope hopefully they uh, they won't beat us too badly. Um, one thing that I'm I'm sure that's going to come out of it is that they're going to. Um, make some new friends, not just among the, the competitors and referees and uh, the official folks uh, in the WRTC, but one thing that happened in Boston was that, uh, this happened for all the teams, um, we had a, an army of volunteers. We had uh, somewhere around 500 volunteers who uh, built the antennas and put them up, um, who uh, built the, the stations, got the tents up, uh, got the generators going, kept them filled with gas, uh, made sure the teams had food to eat and uh, any of the creature comforts that they needed. And without those volunteers, we wouldn't have had an event at all. It would have been, uh, 
you know, the 10 guys on the organizing committee sitting around wondering how the heck we were going to build 59 stations in a couple of days and then take them all down. But these volunteers really made it work. And uh, uh, in Germany, they, uh, they have a similarly large group. They still need more volunteers. They, they may even accept volunteers from overseas who uh, show up and help out, come a few days early, help put some stuff uh, together and install some antennas and uh, hang around to make sure that the, uh, the operators are, uh, are well taken care of. But what happened in Boston was that there were some friendships that I'm aware of that were formed among the, uh, the local uh, setup teams and the antenna builders and the competitors. And these guys are now Facebook friends, and they're corresponding all the time, sending Christmas cards, and and uh, still remaining in touch. So, I think the uh, you know one part of amateur radio is supposed to be about international goodwill. I think the youth teams are going to get a very heavy dose of that, as well as everybody else, uh, by spending a week with uh, some of the best operators on the planet and uh, hanging out with all the uh, generous volunteers who are giving their time to make it all happen and come together. All right. Uh, give us a call, 812-638-4261, or uh, send us a tweet at Ham Talk Live if you have questions about WRTC and uh, specifically WRTC 2018, which will be coming up in July. Uh, let me check the tweets here. Okay. Um, now, we mentioned that you won the first uh, competition and that uh, you're going to be competing here um, in July as well. So uh, do you have any, do you have any secret plans here that you, <laughs> that you're going to, you're going to put in force here? You, do you have yeah. something to, to deal with sunspots? Well, I guess my big secret is that I'm actually not trying to win. Um, um, my uh, operating partner is going to hate me for saying this, but uh, I really want to come in second. And the reason for that is uh, back in 1990, uh, my uh, operating partner at the time, uh, John K1AR, and I were fortunate enough to win the gold medal. And uh, so I have a gold medal hanging in the shack uh, in Brazil in 2000, uh, 2006. Uh, N2NT and I took the bronze medal. So I've got a bronze and I've got a gold, but there's this big hole where there should be a silver medal. So <laughs> um, we're kind of playing for second. Um, and uh, we'll see how that works out. But, you know, this, the fact is there's really no secrets in this game of uh, radio sport. Um, the, the, uh, the success and the skill development comes from just putting in the hours and putting in the practice and getting on the air a lot. Um, you, uh, you learn techniques, even with a small, especially with a small station, you learn how to break through a pile up on a DX station by, uh, shifting your frequency a little bit and timing your calls. You learn how to do tail ending on phone. Um, you learn which bands are open to major population areas at which times and try to be on the best ones at the best time. And, uh, you develop a sense for whether you're on the right band or whether you should change bands. And uh, there's really no secrets to it. Uh, I don't have bigger ears or more flexible fingers or a better speaking voice than uh, any, any of the other guys who are going to be competing, and neither do they. Um, it's just uh, what's between our ears that uh, um, is the skills that we've developed over uh, many, many years of doing this. And um, 
hopefully that'll make the difference. Uh, obviously, we're all going to be running 100 watts with identical antennas, flat ground, all in the same part of Germany. So there's no other advantages available. It's just uh, staying awake for 24 hours and alert, being on the right band at the right time, and making contacts uh, as fast as you can and uh, as efficiently as you can without wasting any time. And whoever does that with the fewest mistakes is going to walk away with a medal. All right. Well, there you heard it. Uh, there, there, there are no secrets here. Um, so good luck to you and uh, all the other uh, competitors. And uh, we look forward to hearing more about this uh, as time goes on. Um, remind everybody of, of a few things. Um, first off, uh, I actually did do an um, article for the National Contest Journal, which will be coming up in the next issue about the youth teams. So you'll be able to uh, read up on them a little bit more. And uh, just also finish some stuff for Newsline that's coming out in the morning. So uh, there'll be a little bit of WRTC coverage starting there and, and coming up uh, more as the the time gets closer and uh, again the the, uh, committee over in germany are still looking for donations and for volunteers and uh, give us that website again sure it's uh, wrtc2018.de and uh, that'll take you right to it there's uh, all sorts of stuff there's the press releases and uh You'll want to bookmark that if you want to get on in uh, July and uh, find out uh, what kind of award you might be able to qualify for by working all the stations, and you'll find out what the call signs uh, they'll all be using. You won't know which team is which. You'll just know that it's a WRTC team. Okay, very good. And, uh, again, if you want a good read, uh, Jim George, the book is Contact Sport. It's available on Amazon as well as some other places. So you can check that out from the 2014 WRTC in Boston. Well, also, Doug. Oh, Neil, go ahead. Also, yeah, there's also a video in case people haven't seen that. If you look for uh, WRTC 2014 video, uh, it's a terrific video that was done by James Brooks, 9V1YC, uh, very professionally done. It runs almost an hour, but it goes very quickly. And even my non-ham friends have said it's uh, it's pretty good. So I'd uh, strongly encourage anyone uh, listening to uh, take a look at that. It's on Vimeo and lots of other places. I think it's on YouTube now even. Okay, so look for it on uh, Vimeo and and possibly YouTube. Okay, very good. Anything else we need to throw in here, Doug? We've got just under a minute here. Well, I think that pretty well covers it. Um, uh, Looking forward to uh, maybe seeing some of you guys at uh, the Dayton Hamvention coming up in uh, in a few months. Uh, I'll be chairing the contest forum there. Uh, we have some pretty good speakers lined up. And, uh, of course, we'll see you on the air in uh, in July from uh, some anonymous call sign in Germany. And, uh, uh, like I said, hoping to get myself a silver medal out of it this time. Okay, now you've got like 30 seconds. So you've got the advantage here. Any trash talk you want to do about your, you know, your, your skills here? Well, those young kids, uh, MJ and KL9A, you know, you know what they say. Uh, uh, age, old age, and treachery trumps uh, uh, youth and enthusiasm every time. So they better watch out. <laughs> well, there you have it. Thank you, Doug. Uh, that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Doug Grant, K1DG. 
and everyone out there in cyberspace for listening tonight. And I invite you back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Jerry Buxton, N0JY, the vice president of AMSAT in charge of engineering, will be here. And he's going to talk about building satellites and the Fox 1D launch, so which is coming up here in a couple of hours, I believe. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. So uh, for a list of all of our upcoming guests, just go to hamtalklive.com and click on the schedule link. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. Seven three and good luck from Ham Talk Live.